Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Apples and Genos Fantasy Hockey Podcast. My name is Nate Groot-Nivlink, and I'm the creator of Apples and Genos, originator of the Zero-G Draft Strategy, and contributor to Yahoo Fantasy. In this podcast, Blake and I are going to give you all the best streamers and ad options for next week so you can start planning early. Let's hit it. Now, of course, I have your friend and my best friend, Blake Creamer, here with me. Blake, how are we feeling tonight? Buddy, it's good to see you. It's always good to see you. Always good to see my best friend. You know, I only get to see Nate three times a week, and damn, you know, it's 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 not enough, right? So, um, <laughs> yeah, things are good, though. Uh, I did want to uh, just shout out uh, everybody who did contribute to the Movember uh, that we were doing there. It's now over. You can see I grew a little beard here. Wife is much happier now. Uh, my chin <laughs> definition per 60 is elite now, so that's good. Um, yeah, and buddy, um, I, I also wanted to just talk quickly about that Spotify wrapped uh, that's been going on for the podcast. That's been sick. And uh, I just really want to shout out all of our listeners and people that have been sending us their screenshots of the, you know, their, their top fans and this. Uh, I, I can't even believe it. Like it's, it's, it's baffling to me like that people are listening to this and getting something out of it. I, I just love it. Like I would do this for nobody. That's kind of where I'm yeah. at. So, you know, I'm, I'm just really grateful for our fans out there and I, it's been really awesome to see. Yeah. Yeah. I totally echo that. It's been really great to see. Yeah. Just a tangible way that um, people are definitely tuning in. We can see like the numbers of people, but uh, yeah, like see that people have literally spent thousands of minutes listening to the podcast yeah. is just, uh, yeah, it's pretty wild when you actually stop for a second and think about it. So we definitely appreciate all of our listeners out there. All right, let's get this started. Let's start with some newsies. Uh, first off, a uh, little bit of a downer here, but uh, we did learn today, it uh, came out that the reason Dylan Larkin has been away from the team is because he and his wife experienced the loss of their unborn child. Um, this one hits a little close to home for me. I tweeted it out today, but my wife and I have had five pregnancies and ended up with two children out of those five pregnancies. Um, so, uh, yeah, I just wanted to speak up and I know that, <laughs> uh, that this platform here is by and large going out to a lot of, uh, dudes around my age. And so I just want to say, uh, if that's you out there. Uh, just know that you're not alone. If you need somebody to talk to, um, my DMs are always open. You can find me in a lot of spots online. So uh, if you ever need somebody to talk about with any of this stuff, um, yeah, I just think that men in general uh, should really uh, speak out a little bit more and be a little bit more open about how they're feeling because a lot of times we have the tendency to bottle it up and put it away. So yeah, I had some really great engagement. Um, lots of people uh, giving their experiences as well. So it's been uh, at least something positive to come from it, but definitely feeling for Dylan Larkin and his family. Uh, Blake, I'll kick it back to you. Uh, take us through the rest of the newsies here. How the hell am I supposed to follow that, Nate? What are you <laughs> 
but yeah, that's uh, that's really great stuff, man. And, and just such a, a, a nice tweet you put out. And I echo those sentiments as well. So shout out to Dylan Larkin. Um, hopefully he's back better than ever. And, uh, you know, all the best to his family. All right. Let's talk about some other news here. We got to talk about big Dougie Hamilton. Damn it, dog. He tore his pec. Um, yeah, sorry. I just knocked my water bottle on my foot. Um, yeah, he tore his pec somehow. So that's terrible news for the Devils. Um, he's out indefinitely right now. He did have surgery. So... Yeah, I mean this this Luke Hughes obviously like was rostered and is 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 a great player, but this really just solidifies his role on the team. Like, there's yeah. no one coming for that power play one, right? Like, you know, I always did think in the you know in the back of my mind, like Dougie will get power play one back, that'll be fine, right? But no, he's going to be out indefinitely. So Luke Hughes uh, stock goes up, which is already pretty high, and then uh, they called up Simon Nemich, uh, which you know was a really nice move and he's a great blue chip prospect, but this guy comes in and plays 22 30 uh, in his first game. He got two assists, three shots, a hit um, looked pretty good out there. So that, that put that guy on your radar for sure. I mean, you know, he's going to be taking over that spot on power play two for the devils and th this deployment, like that's, that's unexpected for his first game. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, I was talking with someone on Discord here. Like, they were asking about Cam York or Simon Nemich or keep Eric Gustafson or something like that. And, yeah, I was saying just I, I chose York in that case just because I think the role is more secure and it's a bit safer. But I don't know. In terms of ceiling, Nem Nemich might be he – might, he's a good option. Like, it's, it's kind of potato-potato. So, I don't know. Where are you at with Simon Nemich? Do you have any kind of insight on this player, Nate? Yeah, I've heard some people talk about it. I know Victor Nuno has said that he doesn't see a super high offensive ceiling for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, just playing in New Jersey, right? You figure power play two in New Jersey still a decent spot. If he's going to skate 22 minutes a night in New Jersey, like he's just going to fall yep. backwards into points somehow. So um, yeah, I'm definitely interested. I think I'd agree with you taking York over Nemich, at least at this point, if yeah. Nemich keeps this up, obviously, for a number of games and really starts to solidify a role. Um, then yeah, definitely I start to get more and more interested, but I think at the moment York getting back on power play one in, in Philadelphia, that kind of makes me lean that way there. Absolutely. All right. Confirmed. It's, uh, it's confirmed by Nate, everyone. So I mean, we did the right thing. All right, let's move on. Uh, still with the devils, Timo Meyer returned today. Didn't do too much, but did get five shots on goal. That's excellent. And he got big deployment 21 30. He played tonight. So that, I mean, that's blast off time for Timo Meyer. If he's going to play over 20 minutes on the New Jersey Devils, you know, he was playing with Jack Hughes and Toffoli, I think, for most of the night. That is a okay. All right. So um, I think Timo's going to be totally fine if he continues on with that deployment. I, you know, so that's that's good news there. Uh, moving over to Seattle Kraken. Release the Kraken. They released it uh, on Jaden Schwartz's, Schwartz's upper body. I don't know. That that didn't work. It was a terrible segue, but I... Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, that sounds... You know, we can edit that and, uh, out in post, but that's, that's right. Yeah, uh, he's out six weeks with the, that. I'm just hearing it back in my mind. It's just not... They released the Kraken on Jaden Schwartz's upper body. I'm going to say it again. All right. Uh, six weeks, he's out. This definitely is going to, you know, solidify the role for players in the top six there in Seattle. Guys like, you know, the jerk store, Oliver Bjorkstrand, uh, you know, and other players like that. So also, um, and I'm going to butcher this man's name, but it looks like Ty Cartier. Cartier, I think. Cartier, sure. Um, Ty Cartier. Um, if your last name is Cartier and you name your kid Ty, what what's the thinking here what what's you know what i mean it's like my last name's johnson i think i'm gonna name my kid john this is john johnson it, 
you know, you had a million options. Anyways, we're digressing, but Ty Cartier <laughs> is uh, getting a look on power play there. Power play one slash one a, whatever they do in Seattle. So um, keep an eye on that guy because his metrics actually look pretty good. He's a, he's a limited minute guy. Even if he's getting power play time, he's not getting a ton of deployment on at even strength there, but he shoots, he's a shot monster. He's like uh, Mikey Isomont or like, um, you know, like uh, Arthur Kaliev from like two years ago. That's the kind of profile I think this player has. So anyways, nice looking player. Let's move over to Samuel Montembeau, the third Esquire. Uh, one of the goalies from, uh, I don't know, I'm going with that. One of the goalies from a Montreal Canadiens signed a three-year extension with the Habs carrying a $3.15 million uh, salary. So uh, just an interesting piece of news because they, obviously they got a three-headed monster there in Montreal. What does this mean for their goalies, do you think, Nate? Yeah, I think it just probably solidifies that they'll end up moving Jake Allen at some point and that Montembeau is likely the guy they're going to hang on to um, and probably gets a good run of starts at some point this year. So, yeah, it's definitely just making me think that, you know, if there's a good streaming schedule for Montreal, you think he's going to get a couple starts that week, then it might be a good week to pick up Montembeau just in case the trade goes through that week and now all of a sudden you have a bona fide starter. So... Uh, yeah, Montebo like under the hood, like he looks pretty decent. Uh, you know, I don't like to predict goalie performance, but uh, I'm pretty interested in anybody who's going to get any kind of volume and could get hot. We saw it last year, so uh, I'm not to not one to say that he couldn't do it again. Yeah, for sure. I love that name too, Samuel Montembeau. See, that's why I'm like Montembeau the third Esquire. He sounds like a character from Downton Abbey. Do you ever watch Downton Abbey? <laughs> I've not, no. Don't lie. All right. Come on. This is all I right. Watch well, Bridgerton. Does that count? Yeah. You know, he could be in Bridgerton too. That's, that's fine. All right. We're on the same page <laughs> here. Uh, staying with the Montreal Canadiens, Alex Newhook could be out for a little while. He fell awkwardly into the boards in their last game there, had to be helped off the ice. So that show ain't no good. It's the usual business there in Montreal with just a ridiculous amount of injuries. So yeah, but that, that's really it for the newsies. We don't got anything else. We got to get to streaming and we got to do it now. Nate, what do you got for us? All right, let's dive right into the schedule. We got mon uh, Monday, we got six games. We got Tuesday with eight games. Wednesday, four games. Thursday, 13 games. Friday, three games. Saturday, 12 games. Sunday, eight games. So in total here, we got 54 games. Uh, it's a normal week, but actually trending a little bit towards the heavy side in total, which is pretty nice. Gives us lots of options. The off nights are not quite so off as they sometimes are, which is really nice uh, for giving us streaming options as we'll get into. Unfortunately, no teams have a Monday, Tuesday back-to-back -to, -back to open this week, which is just another... Uh, scheduling quirk, I guess. But uh, yeah, it would have been really nice, especially since they're a six-game Monday and an eight-game Tuesday, just to have a back-to-back -to, -back to open the week. That would have been awesome uh, to get a head start with your streaming. Unfortunately, don't have any of that this week. But what we do have is six different teams with Monday, Wednesday off nights to open the week. It's less important this week just because Tuesday is not a heavy night with the only the eight games on Tuesday. Uh, but it's still a nice way to open your week with some off nights. Uh, you got Carolina, Dallas, Pittsburgh, St. Louis, Tampa Bay, and Vegas with that schedule. And then you got four teams with Friday-Sunday off nights to end the week. That's a little bit more important. Gets you away from the heavy Saturday there with the 12 games. And those teams are Columbus, Edmonton, Florida, and Minnesota. And then in the middle of the week, you got four more teams that have Wednesday and Friday off nights to get you around that 
Thursday 13-game slate. Those four teams are Edmonton, Florida, Pittsburgh, and St. Louis. So there's lots to choose from here. You got multiple three games played, but three off-night teams as well, which is probably just as good as the four games played, three off-night teams. Um, yeah, just terrific ways to split up the week with two ads for one streaming spot. You can get one of these six teams with the Monday-Wednesday, then go to one of the four teams with the Friday-Sunday. There's lots of ways to uh, to butter your bread this week. All right, so should be easy enough to stream away from the heavy nights. No excuses. Get those benches bared for the heavy Thursday and Saturday. There's only two of those super heavy ones this week, so yeah really try to get those benches bare for those heavy nights and try to lean into the streamers this week. Blake, why don't you take us into the worst teams to stream and to drop players from? Yeah, absolutely, buddy. Um, first off, I'm, I'm excited about this week. Like I love weeks like this. You could almost stream every day besides those two busy nights. And even on those nights, like sometimes you can get a defenseman in, or if you have utility spots, you can make that happen as well. So yeah, this is going to be, this is going to be good. Definitely set your lineups and see where the, where the gaps are and make it happen. Everybody. All right. Um, the worst teams to stream from, we got a couple of these guys, uh, the Boston Bruins and the Toronto Maple Leafs both have uh, two game weeks with zero off nights. So that that's not good, right? That's gonna be that's gonna be rough to hold some of these fringe guys, right? Like both those teams play just on the Thursday and the Saturday. That stinks. So, I mean, in terms of players, you're looking at dropping. Let's start with Boston. You're looking at the Coiler, Charlie Coyle. You got to get him off your, you know, <laughs> what Charlie Coyle? What is he doing? First off, he's on a 71 point pace. How is this? What like what's going on here? Um, I had him in my sell high show. I mean, if you could sell high on Charlie Coyle, is there anyone yeah. out there who's like? Charlie Coyle, I want a piece of that now. You know, you're like, well, you know, who do you got? Come on. I like that butter my bread. I'm going to start using that. Butter my bread, my man. I've got the coiler over here if you want the coiler. All right. Um, but, yeah, he's got three three goals and, and an assist in his last five. So pretty nice and good metrics to back it up. Anyways, you're dropping Charlie Coyle. Um, Jake DeBrusque, yeah, you're dropping him. Get out of my sight. JVR, see you later. Um, and then. Pavel Zaka is an interesting one, right? Because he's 64% rostered on Yahoo, but he's top line, top power play. That's not going anywhere. Um, underlying metrics for, for Zaka are not great, but the deployment is decent and the opportunity is really good. I don't know. What are you doing with Pavel Zaka here in a two-game week, Nate? I'm considering it uh, for sure. I'm considering dropping him. It really depends on the other options, but if it's like, if I'm big behind on if i'm way behind on the number of games played and i can get two extra games played this week by dropping zaka then that's that's a pretty big move uh, to be able to make so i'm definitely considering it if there's a priority free agent out there who might turn into a long-term hold for you that might be able to replace zaka um then yeah i think i'm interested zaka is really just a function of the players around him to me so yep. if his deployment ever went away for whatever reason um trade or whatever the case may be then zaka would have like very very little intrinsic value to me in and of himself it's really just about the deployment so i don't hold zaka in the highest regard i just kind of know that he's the one who's been occupying that spot and he's therefore valuable for fantasy but if there's somebody out there on the wire and obviously we'll get to some of those names uh, but if there's somebody out there on the wire that's going to get me plus two games played on zaka this week and i need a win this week like i think i'm going to do it 
Yeah, especially this week. Like the, like Nate yeah. said, there are there are options out there that are legit. It's not just like, oh, I'll stream in for a couple games and then get rid of them. Like you might be able to hold some of these streamers. So, uh, but we'll get to that. All right, hold your horses, everybody. All right, we got to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs. All right, Nate, your favorite team. All right, unfortunately, mm-hmm. two games this week. That's fine. Um, yeah, there's the there's obvious drops, right? Uh, Matthew Nyes, we're gonna get rid of him. Tyler Bertuzzi. You know, th- these are guys you can you can obviously drop, and then anybody else in the bottom six. See you later. Get out of my sight. Um, yeah, like is Bertuzzi a question mark to you, Nate? Because to me, I'm kicking him to the curb, no question. Yeah, I'm fine to get rid of Bertuzzi, no questions asked. There you go. Thank you for your service, Tyler. All right. Um, made me think of Tyler Durden from Fight Club. I don't know. That's the way my brain works, and, and I and I, I'm on a podcast, so I, I can't think of a good Fight Club quote. I don't know. That's, that's fine. You're you're getting an insight into what my my brain uh, operates. All right, let's move on. There are also nine teams that that play three games with zero off nights, uh, but we're not going to go through all of those. Not zero off nights. Sorry, what did I say? Yeah, three games one played with one off night. Yeah, so there are nine teams there. I mean, you're, you're going to be able to get some of these players in on some of those nights anyway. So, but I'm not going to go in there. We're now going to move on to the best teams to stream, or as I like to call it, Cream's Dream Streams. All right. That came directly from a YouTube comment. So, see, everybody, you can make a difference. All you have to do is put yourself <laughs> out there. And now you're part of a podcast. All right. A, a really badass podcast. All right. That's how we do here. All right. Let's get into it. We, we got a couple teams here that are great streaming teams right off the bat. It's the St. Louis blues and the Vegas golden Knights. They both play four games this week with three off nights. So that's excellent. Um, yeah. In terms of St. Louis, what did they do? Um, St. Louis plays. Yeah. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then they have the Friday, Saturday back to back and then Vegas, um, Monday, Wednesday start. And then they have the Saturday, Sunday back to back. So let's get into some of the players there that you can stream on these teams. Looking over at St. Louis, you could get that beefcake, that that beef beef dip sandwich, Braden Shen. He's 41% rostered. Yeah, he's there. All right, and he's doing stuff. What the hell? Um, I talked about Braden Shen on my sell high show like two weeks ago, and then, you know, he fell off a cliff, and then now he's kind of put a couple points back on the board. So he's on power play one. I think it's a very reasonable stream this week. Um, definitely should be rostered for the schedule, right? And then how about that legend, that little pinball, Tory Krug? Nate, you got anything to say about this, man? Yeah, I honestly think that Tori Krug is showing something now, and it's not just been a, a blip. It's been about three weeks of him, yeah, stepping up his game to pretty solid level, levels. You can see the last five games, 21st in shots per 60 and 16th in individual scoring chances, 4 per 60 amongst all defensemen. Defensemen? Defensemen. That's a new one. On ice numbers, pretty good too. 66th and Corsi, 4 per 60. 41st in scoring chances, 4 per 60. The season-long numbers are slowly creeping up towards those levels as well. I'm starting to believe a little bit on Tori Krug. Uh, yeah, averaging over 21 minutes a night pretty consistently now. And yeah, as long as they're running this like true top power play unit, that's really going to bump Tori Krug up as well because previously a lot of his value was kind of curtailed by the fact that they'd run a true 50-50 split in some games like he would just not get anything but also yeah it really just seems like he's taken a much more shot heavy approach and it's really working for him this year Uh, maybe it's a change to the power play i haven't really dug into why that might be but uh, whatever he's doing it's working right now and it's actually been working for a good little stretch here so i'm starting to believe a little bit on tory krug lovely yeah that's a that's a great stream for this week for sure an underrated one as well like 
I, I even, I follow this stuff really well. And like Krug's kind of gone under the radar for me too. Like, and then you dig in finally, you're like, oh, like he's actually doing stuff out there. And he's been doing it for a little while, like you said. So uh, he's 28% rostered on Yahoo. So he's out there. So go take a look. And then we got to talk about, hey, neighbor, Jake neighbors. All right. He's out there. 11%. That's Mr. Rogers. All right. For all you youngins. All right. Mr. <laughs> Rogers, the legend. Shout out to Mr. Rogers. Um, yeah, Jake Neighbors, he's getting pow the power play one treatment. He's getting the first line treatment. This is what is going on. Yeah, he's playing with Robert Thomas and Pavel Buchnevich. And then, yeah, he's, he's cooking on the top power play as well. So um, nice little stretch for Jake Neighbors as well. What has he got? Five goals and one assist in the last five games. Damn. Um, obviously, he's, he's crushing with his shooting percentage. He's shooting 38.5%. That's going to come down. All right. But, I mean, can he hold his deployment? The other thing is he's, you know, in the last five games, he's averaged just under 18 minutes, but he's had a couple games with 20 minutes in there as well. So I like to see that. It's just a, li it's a little flimsy for me. I don't know. Uh, but at 11% with this great schedule, I think it's a no-brainer. Like, this guy should be on a team for sure for this week. Um, I don't know. Do you have anything on neighbors there, Nate? Yeah, it's really starting to look legit. Last two games, over 20 minutes. Um, yeah, top line, top power play, all that stuff's there. All the underlying metrics starting to line up. He hits, he shoots, he blocks a little bit. Like he, he's really doing it all the last the last little bit here. 45th in individual scoring chances, 4 per 60, and 45th in on-ice scoring chances, 4 per 60 over his last five here. Yeah, um, I don't know how long it'll last, but he's clearly feeling it right now. And the underlying numbers say that he's actually doing the stuff to be worthy of those points. So... I think he's uh, definitely worth grabbing uh, for this terrific. Like, this is what I'm actually really looking for. I should say, like, when people yeah. talk to me about like all these like breakout players that they want to get, like, I'm I'm rarely taking big swings on breakout players who have like a hot streak and just hoping that it sustains. What I like to find is a Jake Neighbors where the breakout is aligning with the really good streaming schedule and then I'll grab them then and I'll make them a priority. I'll grab them, you know, on the Saturday, the week before or something if I have to, um, but I'll prioritize them then and then I'll get them through the schedule there and then maybe he turns into a season long hold, right? So maybe we've got that with neighbors, maybe we don't, but this is the week to find out. Yeah, love that. I, I think this is kind of the player I was thinking about with Zaka, right? If you're going to drop Zaka, you pick up a player like Neighbors who yeah. does he does he roll on power play one or even just in the top six, like, you know, 17 to 19 minutes a night, Jake Neighbors. Uh, yeah, that's pretty good because he's, he's putting some perifs up there for sure. And he's on the power play one. So anyways, uh, interesting player. Thank you, neighbor. Um, and then we got to talk about Kevin Hayes. Uh, do we? Well, I'm talking about him. He's 8% <laughs> rostered. He's cut four points in his last five games. So... Uh, thank you, Kevin Hayes. That's very nice. So he's out there as well, 8%. That's Those those are kind of who you're looking at there in St. Louis. Let's move over to the Vegas Golden Knights. There's not as many options, but there's some decent ones, I guess. Um, Braden McNabb, certainly in category leagues. This guy's 47% rostered. You know, he's a he's a rump roast, this man. He, he does stuff. He smashes people, and he blocks the hell out of some shots. So, um, yeah, Braden McNabb, if you're, if you're looking for that kind of thing or if your league, you know, values um, – Banger waiting and stuff like that. He's out there, forty-seven percent. And then we got, come on, Bobby, let's go party. Ivan Barbashev, he's out there. Yeah, twenty-eight percent. Ivan Barbashev playing top line, right? Um, where where is he on the power play? Damn, I don't have this up here, but is he getting power play one there, Nate? No, it's Barbie? been pretty consistently Stone Carlson, Marcheseau, Eichel um, on the top power play for the last little bit. So, yeah, 
he's not actually on either unit at the moment. So, uh, yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not personally super interested in Barbashev. I'm honestly not super interested in any of these Vegas options. I'd no. go with most of the St. Louis guys over it over any of the Vegas guys. And also I think St. Louis's schedule is marginally better just because their off nights are all Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then you can still leave yourself open to make a Sunday move if you need to. Yeah. You can pick up a Vegas player maybe for their, their back to back Saturday, Sunday, if someone's out there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if you wanted to, uh, but yeah, I mean, Barbashev, whatever. Um, how about Chandler Bing Stevenson? Um, yeah, this guy's terrible in fantasy, but, uh, you know, he's getting <laughs> lots of deployment. Um, I talk some Yang on Chandler Stevenson, uh, but yeah, 26% rostered. He's on power play one. So I, I definitely go Stevenson over McNabb and Barbership. In my opinion, I think he's going to get the best chance of getting offense. Right. I mean, if we're looking at offense. Yeah. Well, just a quick note. Carlson has actually supplanted Stevenson on power play one. So he's not even getting that anymore. So that makes him even less desirable. God dang. I mean, I was trying to just find something positive to say about Chandler. (laughs) Every party has a pooper. All right. And that pooper is Nate. All right. That's let's agree on that. Everybody with me. Give me a heck. Yeah. All right. Do it in the chat. That's fine. Um, Let's move on. We got to talk about three teams uh, that have three games played and three off nights. And they are the Edmonton Oilers, the Florida Panthers, and the Pittsburgh Penguins. All right. And let's see what they're doing. So Edmonton, just real quick, they play, uh, they're off Monday, Tuesday. They play Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. So that's a nice little schedule, right? You could you could pick up a player or leave a player for your Monday, Tuesday, and then stream in an Edmonton player for Wednesday. That's something you could do. Um, Pittsburgh, what are they doing? Yeah, they're playing Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So that's really nice. Kind of what Nate said about the St. Louis stream as well. Uh, and then the Florida Panthers, what did they do? Oh, I'm not prepared. All right. Yeah, they play Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. So anyways, that's what they're doing there. But we got to get into some of these players. So let's talk about Edmonton first. Um, and actually, Nate, you talked about this player. So I'll let you I'll let you take Edmonton here. What, what do you got to say about the first player there in Edmonton? Yeah, Matthias Ekholm is somebody that I'm growing more and more interested in. In the last five games here, he's got a couple goals, three points, averaging over 21 minutes a night. 10th in shots per 60 amongst defensemen uh, in the last five games here. 18th in Corsi, 4 per 60, 36th in scoring chances, 4 per 60. That's going to happen when you're on the ice with uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl all the time. So those underlying numbers are looking pretty solid. Um, Pretty solid throughout the 21 games he's played, actually. Like... uh, I'm not going to say sit here and say that Ekholm's going to like change your week or something, but if you're in a deeper league or if you're in a league that uh, assigns a pretty good weight to shots, like Ekholm's a very legitimate option for this week for sure. Yeah, he's one of those guys that gets you marginally better, right? It's not a slam dunk, but it's a it's a supplementary move that I think is is pretty strong, right? And I I don't know about you, Nate, but I find it a lot easier to stream in defensemen. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's usually just more spots, more roster spots for you to get them in. So I end up dropping a forward and getting a defenseman and that seems to work out. So I think, uh, Ekholm's a great option. And then Connor Brown, that beautiful sleeper from the preseason, this guy was going <laughs> to pop for 65 points. Damn. How about one point in 16 games? Damn. All right. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever, if you're, if you're, you could get Connor Brown. He's playing with Dreisaitl and Evander Kane. You got to take a gander at Evander. But um, yeah, Connor Brown, he's doing nothing out there. So that's that's in a real deep league auction. So let's move on to Florida. We got to talk about Oliver Ekman Larson and how the mighty have fallen. Um, yeah, it's, you know, he he performed admirably 
without Montour in the lineup, but uh, you know, his run is done. He's 35% rostered, but like, if you look at his ice time since Montour has mm-hmm. been back, it's, it's right back to like 17 to 19 minutes, like brutal stuff. You know, he did have a 13 minute game in there, but that's one, that's the game where he got a 10 minute misconduct uh, that, yeah. that game against Ottawa where they were just going bonkers on each other. So um, I, I think, yeah, you have to temper expectations here. This guy is now a 17 to 19 minute defenseman with power play too, and access to really good offensive players, but you know, he's not going to do what he was able to do before. So that's that. And this is this. We got to talk about Erod, Evan Rodriguez. He is getting um, line one deployment there with Barkov and Reinhardt. That legend, the Sex Panther, Sam Reinhardt. Beautiful man. Um, made with real bits of Panther. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's a nice piece of deployment. And he's on power play too. So um, he's usually good for shots, but he hasn't really been doing that this year, has he, Nate? Yeah, it's been a little bit up and down. Obviously, he had the massive start to the season. Everybody got super excited about him, and then he fell off a cliff, which is what he tends to do. And then the last little bit, he's been decent again, I guess. 63rd in shots for 60 the last five games, averaging just over 15 minutes a night. Um, Yeah, you can do worse than Rodriguez. He'll probably run into a point or two in those three games. There you go. And then you know who else is out there? Sam Benedison. Cyberdyne Systems Model 101. Um... Yeah, sorry, it's Terminator 2. Sam Bennett's out there. He's 18% rostered. That is excellent. Go get yourself some Sam Bennett. I, I love this player. Um, his line is underachieving to a ridiculous degree in terms of conversion. Like, obviously, he's centering Matt Kachuk and Carter Verhage. That's ridiculous. That's insane deployment. He's, you know, he's got power play one, I believe. Um, you know, it, he's doing everything except for converting, which is kind of the norm for Sam Bennett, but it's not the norm <laughs> for Matt Kachuk, right? Mm-hmm. So, Matt Kachuk is a ridiculous by low. He's going to start scoring and he's going to start scoring in bunches. And Sam Bennett's going to be a big uh, piece of that. In my opinion, he's just going to run into some points. Like you said there, Nate. So um, anyway, Sam Bennett is out there. I'm a big fan of that player. I don't know any other players on Florida you're looking at Nate or anything on Sam Bennett. No, I'm not really looking at any of the other guys. Um, Anton Lindell had like one good game, but everything else has been pretty bad. And that's kind of been the way Lindell has gone for most of the past couple of years. So um, he's the only one I'd even really consider in the much deeper league. But um, yeah, Bennett is definitely the guy to target from Florida for me. Yeah, absolutely. Underwhelming, the, the rest of the Florida uh, players, aren't they? Like Itu Lua Starnin, I think that's how you say his name. Yeah, what? I mean, he's just going for a skate out there. Um, and mm-hmm. it's so easy for me to say. I'm literally in my basement right now. Looking <laughs> to a computer. All right. This man's a professional hockey player. I don't know where I'm going with this. Let's move on. Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. We got to talk about Riley Smith at 42% rostered. This is a great option. Um, yeah. With their, with their schedule. Like, yeah, th- this is a player that should definitely be rostered here. Um, you know, he's on the second line there with Malkin, Big Gino, and uh, is he, he's not getting power play one. Rust is getting that deployment now. So, but there's always the chance like they throw him back up there. Like I think you know, Rust and Smith are kind of interchangeable. They they tend to do that, but Rust has been getting the run there on power play one lately. So, I don't know. What do you think about Riley Smith there, Nate? Yeah, I'm not a huge fan, and it's the lately the returns have not been very good. Just one assist his last five games. Underlying numbers are pretty terrible. 276th in shots per 60, 341st in individual scoring chances, 4 per 60. Um, yeah, he had a little hot stretch and then has gone really, really quiet here at the last little bit. But yeah, in a week where he's going to get you three off nights, uh, definitely a guy that you can look to as long as he's on that second line with Malkin. 
Yep, sure. And then a guy we're throwing in here just for fun, Lars Eller. You remember this man? 1% rostered on Yahoo. Um, yeah, one goal in five games. I mean, that that's that's not very good, but he is uh, centering the second power play there. He's yeah, third line center, so um, he, he can do the thing. I mean, you know, he's out there as well, but it, it, other than that, it's slim pickings there in Pittsburgh. So um, anywho, let's move on. Oh, man, we got a beefer of a section here, so let's just fly through this. We got uh, a bunch of teams that play four games with two off nights, and those teams are the Carolina Hurricanes, Columbus Blue Jackets, Dallas Stars, Minnesota Wild, Montreal Canadiens, Seattle Kraken, Tampa Bay Lightning, and the Washington Capitals. All right, so we're going to do a bit of rapid fire here and get through some of these players. I want to talk about this. All right, let's start with Carolina. Nothing could be finer. Um, how about the bunt cake, Michael Bunting at 32%. Um, Nate, what, what do you think about Michael Bunting? Cause you obviously watched him a little bit there in Toronto. Um, has he been able to sort of carry over the same type of play or how has he changed a little bit since he's been to uh, Carolina? Yeah, I think he's still kind of the same guy playing power play too. Last little bit, he's been hot. So take that for what it's worth. He's also yep. only been getting like 13 and a half minutes a night. So that's yep. not great. Underlying numbers are not that great on the season. He's pacing for 59 points with 19 goals, which kind of feels about right-ish. So yep. yeah, I think Bunting kind of is what he is. He is exactly this, a streamer that you pick up for a week and then you kick him to the curb again. There you go. Michael Bunting, thank you very much for your service. Um, also, another uh, streamer there from Carolina, Isperi Kotkinyemi. All right, there's a lot of vowels in there. Um, he's available as well. I mean, I, I don't trust this player. I don't know. I, it was yeah. such a strange thing when, uh, you know, Montreal did that, uh, like they gave him the offer sheet and all this. Like, um, Or no, it was Carolina that gave him the offer sheet, right? But it never made sense to me, like the amount of money that he's making for what he's bringing to the table like i don't know what what's what's your take on this player yeah it's kind of interesting like <laughs> obviously carolina the situation a lot of these guys have good underlying numbers at least the on ice numbers uh 23rd yeah. of course you four per 60 last five and 18th on the season is yes barry cock and yummy so you got to figure that like a bunch of these points are just gonna happen for him by virtue of the fact that a lot of pucks are going at the net all the time when he's on the ice but He's definitely not somebody who's super efficient or drives the play a lot himself. So he's really dependent on the people around him to do the scoring. Right now he's rocking with Svechnikov and Teravainen at even strength, which is pretty solid. So um, yeah, deeper league play for sure, but definitely not one I'd turn my nose up if I had to. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on to the Columbus Blue Jackets. And this is kind of nice because Columbus had that amazing schedule this week here. Well, the perfect schedule, four games, four off nights. You can just roll these players right into your next week. It's going to be awesome. And they've been doing stuff, actually. Like uh, players like, uh, you know, well, where are they? They're way down the list. So I'll start at the top. So um, we threw Patrick Laine in there because he's 52% rostered. Dang. Um, yeah, this this has been pretty rough for Laine. Um, it hasn't been a good stretch. You know, he has been able to put a couple goals on the board here in the last two games, but the ice time, 13.03 and then 12 minutes, 40 seconds in the win tonight. Like, that's just, that's not going to cut it, you know, especially with this type of player. Like, he's lumbering around out there. He doesn't look right. I don't think mentally he's right based on kind of what's going on there. So, yeah, I mean, you're holding Patrick Laine for this week again, but 52%, that's crazy. This is a player that I was pretty high on uh, at the start of the season, and it just hasn't gone his way. So definitely make sure he's rostered there. A fun fact, Boone Jenner is the highest rostered player on the Columbus Blue Jackets at 70%. <laughs> 
we did it, everybody. We <laughs> we did it. You did it. I did it. Uh, you know, it feels good. We, you know, this man used to be 36% rostered. All right. And now look at him. All right. Uh, and also, they just had a bobblehead night for Boone Jenner. Did you know about this, Nate? I saw that. Yeah. People were posting about it in the Discord. I got to get my hands on one of those bobbleheads. All right. Seriously. All right. I'll put it right up over there. It'll be visible the whole time, uh, you know, for our YouTube watchers. All right. So anyways, I'm digressing. Uh, shout out to Boone Jenner. Um, so line it. You got to roster him. Um, Ivan Provorov that, you know, I don't even, I, I can't think of anything to call Ivan Provorov. That's not kind. <laughs> All right. The guy's a dingus, but yeah, 32% rostered. He's doing the thing. Um, hashtag. So I like that. Um, but some of these other guys are, are who I want to get your take on, Nate. So can you talk to me a little bit about let's let's talk about four players. So Adam Fantilli, Kent Johnson, Dmitry Voronkov, and Igor Chinakov. What do you think about these four players and how would you rank them? Yeah, it's an interesting conversation at this point. They kind of blended the lines once again, which didn't really feel like they needed to because they've actually been playing pretty well. But again, this worked. So um, yeah, it's really hard to say exactly how the lines are going to shake out, which is really, in my mind, going to affect how I'm going to value some of these players. Like, uh, yeah, like Marchenko, Voronkov, and Chinikov were the line that got the least even strength ice time in this game. Uh, which is kind of nuts, but um, yeah, Line A, Danforth, Fantilli got the second most. It was pretty close, like between them. Obviously, the Jenner line got the most uh, with Goudreau and Kent Johnson up there. Um, it's yeah, it's been really, really tough to just like game to game even understand what it's going to be like. Obviously, Pascal Vincent coaching uh, coach coaching, the year, Jack yeah. Adams trophy coming, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, coaching is a little hard out there is Pascal Vincent. Uh, but yeah, it, that, in the last little bit, you know, it's been working. So who am I to say, uh, that it can't work, but yeah, it's been a little bit, uh, polarizing for sure. Like Boone Jenner skated 21 minutes and Goudreau was up at 1836. And then it really starts to drop off after that. Like some of the PK guys got a bunch of minutes, but beyond the PK guys, then it really started to fall off. Like Fantilli was 13, Line, as you mentioned, 1240 in this game. Yeah. Kent Johnson, 1231, despite being on the top line. Like it's really, really tough uh, to really glean something right now from all these players. So in the end, when that's the case, I'm probably just going to go based off what I think of the player's talents. I still think Marchenko's the um, most talented of the group of Columbus Blue Jackets here that are widely available. I will say Chinikov has turned my head a little bit with some of the production that he's been able to put up. And some of his underlying metrics are starting to peak a little bit as well. Ronkov has had a nice little stretch. So I'd probably put him um, somewhere in there as well. Um, Fantilli's the odd one here to me. Like he had a goal in this game here, but that's really been all he's been able to do over the last little bit. And the underlying metrics have been pretty tough. So it's really, it's really tough to understand. I do think like he's probably the most naturally talented of all these players, but he's still a rookie. And uh, I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times, rookies will have these major ups and downs throughout their seasons. We see it every single year. So um, I still think Fantilli has that upside, but it's really, really hard to trust him uh, for the upcoming week. So uh, yeah, if to sum it all up, I guess, if I had to rank the guys that are widely available, I'd still put Marchenko at the top there. And then I'd probably go Chinikov, 
Voronkov, Fantilli, and Johnson. Bang. Oh, I like that. You know who has more points than Adam Fantilli as a rookie? Dmitry Voronkov. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. He's uh, actually, I'm low key into this player. I mean, obviously, the metrics aren't showing out crazy, but he's a beefer. He's huge. Um, he's out there just crushing stuff. And yeah, I think he's like one of these real efficient um, players, you know, out there. So I'd probably put him over Chinakov. But uh, yeah, I like Skated eight minutes and 55 seconds. Don't worry tonight. about that. All right. They were <laughs> the most efficient eight minutes you've ever seen. All right. That's fine. <laughs> Don't bring me down. All right. That's that's fine. Let's move on. Uh, but you heard it here first. That's good stuff. Um, lots of good streamers there in Columbus. Let's move on. We got to talk about Dallas. You're looking there at Tyler Sagan, who's still crushing somehow. He's, he's turning back the clock. Tyler Sagan, he's 43% rostered. Um, nice little stretch for him here. Four points in the last five. Very nice. Um, he's on a 62-point pace this season. So that's that's a bit of a renaissance there for Tyler Sagan. Um, I'm into it. It's, it's weird what's going on in Dallas there, though. I don't understand... Um, you know, the deployment of the top line, obviously Jason Robertson is one of the main ones. You and I were talking about it a little bit, Nate, but what, what, what is your sort of take on Dallas in general and how they, yeah, how they're deploying their fours? Cause, um, guys like Sagan, Wyatt Johnston, uh, Mason Marchman, these guys are popping off right now. Yeah. I like what they've been able to find with that line there. Um, but it does look to me like some of the underlying metrics are starting to trend in the wrong direction for these guys. So I think the hot streak may be coming to an end here. Um, yeah, if I was going to kind of put them next to some of the Columbus guys, then I think I'd still have Sagan and Johnson over all of the other Columbus guys that we just talked about, just because I feel like the deployment situation is, is a lot more stable and I will at least hope that they stay hot here. Uh, but I am kind of, foreseeing a little bit of the end to the hot streak coming uh, maybe in the next few games here. So I'm not as thrilled as I was, you know, a couple weeks ago. Yep, absolutely. Um, but they're out there. So Tyler Sagan, Wyatt Johnston, as we said, he's 37% rostered, and then Mason Marchment in deeper leagues at 4%. Um, he's actually doing pretty well with his underlying metrics, but again, the deployment is going to be an issue there with Mason Marchment. All right, let's move on. We got to talk about Minnesota. How about that dangus uh, Ryan Hartman coming back off a of two-game suspension? Um, it'll be interesting to see where he lines up, right? Because they got Rossi on the top line there um, in a couple games with Jack Hines. Is Jack Hines? Is that his name? John Hines. What the hell's the man's name? <laughs> Damn it. You don't know either? Oh, son of a bit. oh, that's fine. Um, Hines. Coach Hines. Let's let's go with that. That That is perfect. Um but uh, yeah, with um, in the two games they've had Rossi on the on the top unit there, so that's 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 fine. But um, Hartman's back twenty four percent, so let's see where he lines up. Jared Spurgeon is actually a really interesting player. Fourteen um, percent rostered, especially for this week with four games, two off nights. Like I think you got to roster J Jared Spurgeon. I, he's gonna get some points, and I think the wild are getting that new coach bump, right? They've, they've put a couple wins together. They did look a little better. Like maybe it's a little bit of a wake up call for them mentally just to start sort of playing their game. So, you know, he's, he's quarterback in the top power play. You can't underestimate that at 14%. Like, you know, you're getting a quarterback for a pretty, you know, it should be a good power play. I think that's a reasonable option. So I don't know anything on Hartman or Spurgeon there, Nate. Yeah, I'm not super interested in Hartman at the moment just because, yeah, last game went pretty well and I don't really see an obvious reason why they would want to go away from the top two lines that they had. So, uh, yeah, that'd be my take right now. I'm not super interested in Hartman, but Spurgeon just for power play exposure, sure, I'll do that for a week for sure. 
good old Johnny Hines. All right, that beautiful bald headed. Uh, Did you Adonis. Google it? No, I would never do. I I don't Google it. No, <laughs> it's off the top of my head. All right, Jack Hines, John Hines. I love your ketchup. All right, it's delicious. Um, <laughs> let's move on. Marcus Felino was out there, twelve percent rostered. This man has done nothing this season. Oh, he's really pissing me off. I I drafted him in a uh, bangers cats league that I have, and I thought you know I got him later, obviously, but it was earlier than anyone would ever draft you know Marcus. Uh, Felino, right? But in a in a full bangers with penalty minutes and stuff, I was like, yeah, this is great. Guy did nothing. He wasn't even getting penalty minutes. What are you doing? All right, but 12%, he's out there. Marco Rossi at 4%. Yeah, people got off the Rossi train pretty damn quick. Um, but he's still getting top uh, top line deployment there. And I'm not sure if he's on the top power play. I'm just look that up. Nate, do you know? No, he's not currently. Yeah, okay. it's Zuccarello, Joel Erickson, right. Matt Boldy, and Kirill Kaprizov. Beautiful. All right, so Marco Rossi, not as tantalizing as he once was but you know being on the top line there at second power play it's a nice place to be and at four percent that's that's pretty good and then marcus johansson nate's favorite player three percent rostered yeah all right he is no he's not on the top power play damn it he's on the second power play ah, I, I can't even read all right but that's fine <laughs> um so yeah marcus johansson marco rossi they're both available you know for cheap all right so let's move on we got to talk about montreal the Canadians, Sean Monahan and Yurov Slavkovsky are your your streamers there. <laughs> That's getting pretty pretty down and dirty. All right, Monahan was a nice story at the start of the season, but yeah, it's it's been a little bit rough uh, with that player. He hasn't been able to kind of pop at, at the rate that he was. What you know, he's got a forty six point pace, but he's got zero points in the last five. He's still getting decent deployment, but yeah, it's Montreal, and he's I don't even think he's on the top power play anymore. So I don't know. Where, are you are you interested in any players in Montreal there, Nate? Yeah, Monahan's still on the top power play, but his metrics have nosedived. He's 300-plus uh, in all his ranks across the board, pretty much. So, yeah, I'm not super interested. Uh, I don't know if there's something else going on there, but, yeah, it would have to be a pretty dire situation for me to be uh, interested in Monahan at this point. What an inspiration Sean Monahan is. Well done to you, my man. Um, and then Yaroslavkovsky, yeah, he's... I think he's going to be a good player, actually, but nah, maybe not this season. Um, anyways, moving on, Seattle Kraken. They released the Kraken like we talked about, um, and then they put it back in. That makes no sense. Um, let's talk about Matty Beniers, who is out there, 39% rostered. Yeah, that's that's interesting for a Calder Trophy uh, winner. 39% rostered his sophomore season. That's, that's not great, right? But he hasn't really been doing anything. Um, so, you know... It's just not a player I've ever been interested in. I wasn't interested in him last season. And again, this season, I'm not interested. He's got a 41-point pace, two points in his last five games. No, all right? But he's actually getting reasonable deployment on Seattle. Um, just under 18 minutes in the last few games, just over 18 minutes on the season. So, you know, that's maybe Dave Haxtell's trying to figure some stuff out. You know, maybe play your best players every now and then and see what that <laughs> does. But uh, yeah, Matty Beniers is out there. Um, Adam Larson. He's a beefer, all right? He'll get you what you need, uh, hits and blocks. He does some shooting as well. A uh, guy I'm interested in in Seattle is the jerk store, Oliver Bjorkstrand. Um, yeah, this guy. Um, I streamed him in a little while ago. I got him for that big game that he had. I think he had four points or, yeah, four points in a game. I actually had him, and then I ended up dropping him. But, uh, yeah, five points in his last five. Um, I don't know. Do you, are you interested at all in this player, Nate? Yeah, it's hard not to be like a nine shot game against the Leafs. Uh, yeah, recently. That's uh, 
it's something to take note of anyway um just that that's within his range of outcomes for any given game so obviously off the strength of that he's 19th in shots per 60 over the last five again getting close to 18 minutes a night here so trending towards the top end of what's available to any Seattle player. And the on-ice stats look pretty good there, too. 37th in Corsi, 4 per 60. Scoring chances, 4 per 60, up at 62. I think Seattle as a team is trending upwards uh, in a lot of respects in their ability to generate chances. And so that's obviously a little bit exciting. He's been skating on a line with Yanni Gord and Ily Tolvanen. And Tolvanen's been hot as well. He's actually up and above 50% rostered, so he doesn't even make it into this segment anymore. But yeah, um, I think both those guys are kind of feeling it right now. And actually in this last game, they kind of ran the power play with Bjorkstrand and McCann on it for the majority of the time, which makes Bjorkstrand even more interesting, obviously. Yeah. Absolutely interested in Bjorkstrand this week. And we also got Jordan Eberle, as you mentioned. And then Yanni Gord. Every time I hear Yanni Gord, I think about the piano piano player Yanni. And then I think about Office Space, where the guy's name was Michael Bolton. And he's like, why should I change my name? He's the one who sucks. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so there you go. Yanni Gord. Shout out to Yanni. Shout out to Yanni Gord. Um, they're both beauties. So let's agree on that. But they're out there as well. They can do stuff for you. A couple more teams. Then we're going to get to business here. Um, got to talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning. You're looking at Nick Paul, the two first name beauty, 23% rostered. And uh, Sorelli as well on Tampa Bay is 2% rostered. Um, Nick Paul is, I believe, still on uh, the top power play there. So, I mean, that yeah. has some value, right? Um, but, you know, he had a good – I streamed him in for the the back-to-back they had last week and did nothing. It just pisses me off, but that's fine. <laughs> um, you know, he, it's it's a reasonable stream, right? At 23%, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, and then last team we want to talk about, Washington Capitals, the hat trick, Tom Wilson. What? Where did this come from? Damn. Um, I, I really do believe that Wilson has a bit more to offer offensively. And I thought that once they kind of signed him to that big contract, I thought they were going to give him a little bit more opportunity. Um, and they are. And that's probably why Washington isn't really doing that well this year. Um, but, um, you know, hat trick for this man. That's excellent, right? Uh, in, a, in a category league, Wilson is 49%. I can't believe he's not rostered more than that, even just with people playing category leagues. That seems pretty low mm-hmm. for Tom Wilson, uh, a player that's getting power play time as well. So um, you got Tom Wilson there. You got Dylan Strom. Rasmus Sandin is a player I've picked up in a bunch of spots. Um, and then Yevgeny Kuznetsov. Um, of those players, who are you interested in, Nate, of Washington? Yeah, I mean, Wilson's obviously the headliner here. Fifth in shots for 60, 12th in individual scoring chances, four per 60 across his last five games. He's he's doing the thing for sure. So definitely Wilson is the top priority. The other guys are really uninspiring, um, contributing to Washington's downfall more than trying to (laughs) raise them out of it. Um, I guess I would probably just roll with Kuznetsov for the extra deployment. He's been skating about 20 and a half minutes a night, which is obviously pretty solid stuff. Yeah. And yeah, he's on that line with Wilson and Ovechkin. So maybe he just gets some points by being somewhere on the ice while Wilson and Ovechkin are doing things. Uh, That's what I'd hope for him. Absolutely. There you go. Um, all right. There are four teams that play three games and two off nights. We're going to rip through some of these. They are the Anaheim Ducks, Mighty Ducks, the New York Rangers, uh, the San Jose Sharks, and the Winnipeg Jets. Sorry, four teams that have three games with two off nights. That's just to clear that up. All right. Anaheim Ducks, we're talking Troy Terry, Pavel Mintikov, and Alex Kalorn. Are you interested in any of these players, Nate? 
Yeah, I'm still interested in Terry. Uh, had one solid game now this week, and I need to see a few more, but um, I, I do still believe in the talent of Troy Terry. He's shown it to us for a long enough period now that I think this is just a really cold stretch for him, and it's concerning, but it's something that I do think he can snap out of, and I think the first sign of that was hopefully this last game that he had, so still have some love for Terry for sure. And Kalorn has actually got some pretty nice numbers under the hood, uh, which should be mentioned, so... Um, yeah, some good scoring chance generation. Minchikov, I think, is kind of is what he is around 19 minutes a night. He's going to get power play one, but he's not going to get primo minutes, and it's obviously still Anaheim, so he's probably going to end up somewhere in the 40-point range at the end of the season. He's still pretty solid as a back-year roster, fourth or fifth defenseman. Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah, Terry's killing me this year. It's It's been rough because I'm holding him because I'm with you. I'm like, I trust this player, I, but what the hell? Like the, I, the ice time has been a problem, but I mean, that last game that you said too, he had 21 minutes on ice. That's the type of Troy Terry I want to see. So hopefully he gets that, uh, you know, moving forward here. Moving to the New York Rangers. Uh, basically, we're looking at um, Alexis Lafreniere. That's that's your that's your go-to guy for the Rangers. He's playing on line two, and they've been doing stuff, right? That's uh, Panarin and Trocheck, and then he's getting power play two deployment as well. So um, I think you could do worse, right? He's a beefer. He's not doing as much this year either with his with his hits, but um, at, that's still an option there. Um, and then how about these San Jose Sharks, Nate? Damn. Um, they're actually, it's, it's been impressive. Um, the rolling lines guys talked about Fabian Zetterland and they convinced me, I picked them up in two spots. I mean, real deep leagues, right? I'm not like, I gotta go get Fabian Zetterland, but I mean, they had three games in four nights. So I, I definitely got on the Zetterland train and it's, it's been reasonable. I mean, he got an assist tonight. He's still getting big minutes. Um, I haven't checked the metrics uh, recently, but I mean, before he he was he was shooting the lights out. So I'm I'm low key interested in that player. And then you still got Thomas Hurdle out there uh, doing stuff, right? He was they, yeah, that kind of pissed me off too. They they had reports that like, oh, he's not going to play the game. Oh, he is going to play the game. He's not. So like, I ended up dropping a player to bring him back into my roster. And then they said he's not. So I put him back in. Then I added another player. And then they said he's in. So now he's just sitting in my IR like a dangus. But um that's fine he's i, I think hurdles yeah that everything's gonna be running through him so i think those are both reasonable streams um any thoughts on zetterlin in particular there nate yeah well first to be a wet blanket uh if oh, it was no. an assist it's gone now so uh he didn't end up giving you anything but he, he is getting it. tons of deployment so yeah. yeah 19 20 minutes in a lot of these games and he's had a couple of big nights where he's had a goal and he's had six shots, seven shots. This last game, he put up three hits and two blocks against New Jersey. So, um, yeah, he's at least doing that for you, if nothing else. So I do like that. Um, Lafreniere, I will say, going back to the Rangers, the underlying numbers the last little bit are really strong. Um, yeah, nice. didn't see this coming, but uh, willing to ride it here, and maybe it sustains. Maybe Panarin is elevating him. Maybe that's what's happening, but 24th in individual scoring chances, 4 per 60, 14th in scoring chances, 4 per 60 over his last five. Bang. Yeah, and he's, his shooting percentage in the last five is, is pretty low, 5.9. Like, he might, he's got some room to go there. Like, if he can start converting, might be a nice little stream there. Um, so I like that. Uh, last team, I'm going to give you three players. You tell me who you like here. Of the Winnipeg Jets, we're looking at Nikolaj Ehlers, Cole Perfetti, Mom Spaghetti, and Gabe Velarde, the Velarde Party. What do you have to say? Who are you streaming from the Jets? 
Yeah, so just to recap, it's Perfetti and Velarde on top power play in this last game. They took Ehlers off that top power play, but Ehlers is currently on the top line with Shifley and Connor. So I guess he still has that going with uh, going for him. Uh, man, it's really tough to say. I want to say Ehlers. I really do. Uh, I really, <laughs> I just really want Ehlers to, uh, just say to it. pop just off. Just say it. And the last game, he had 19 minutes, uh, three shots, nothing else going on there. Still zero points the last three games. Uh, I'll say it. I'll say Nikolai Ehlers. Buddy, I'm with you. Let's go. It's Ehlers season, everybody. We've been waiting for this. <laughs> Top line, second power play. Yay. All right. That's fine. <laughs> Shout out to Rick Bonus, that beautiful man. Okay. Um, we got to talk about four board teams with one off night and four games. Chicago, L.A., Nashville and New Jersey real quick. Um, Chicago. I, I am interested in this. I'm glad you put him on here. Uh, uh, Anthony Bavillier, the new, the newest Chicago Blackhawk. He's been practicing with Bedard there in practice. Uh, he could get some run, right? They don't have anybody else. They're giving Philip Kurashev like 20 minutes a night. Bovillier could get that with Connor Bedard and probably top power play. That, that might be a sneaky little stream. I don't know where are you at with Bavillier. Yeah, I mean, we've seen Beauvillier get hot for a couple of weeks before when he went to Vancouver there. I don't think this is a player you need to get excited about long term. Right. But yeah, you could see a relevant stretch from him. And so deeper league stream, uh, I can get behind it. Absolutely. Um, moving over to L.A., we're looking at Quinton Byfield. He's 36% rostered on Yahoo. So yeah, definitely pick him up. I mean, for the four games played, that's nice. He's still looking good out there. Nashville, Gustav Nyquist, He's he's been great. Um, I have him in three spots and yeah, he's just, he's just pumping away, just giving it, get, pumping away. It's a giggity. Sounds, uh, that's fine. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's just, just picks up assists randomly or a goal. Like he's getting reasonable deployment. He's on power play one and you know, he's got access to that beauty Ryan O'Reilly who's popping the hell off. No, it's actually Philip Forsberg that we're talking about, but you know, that's a nice little line and they have, they clearly have some chemistry. So I like, Nyquist there, and for New Jersey, we're looking at Dawson Mercer. But because Timo Meyer's back, Mercer's relegated to the third line, so some of that value has gone away. Of those players there, Nate, any any comments on that? Yeah, obviously, I've been in on Byfield. He had a really nice game there the other night. Um, yeah, I'm still in on Byfield. Uh, had the five shots, jumped up to 18-10 in that loss to Washington. Um, so that time on ice bump where he was more consistently 14, 15 minutes a night. Um, if he can keep that going, that'd be really nice. Uh, I don't know how sustainable that's going to be. Probably not. Um, but if he, if he does get 18, 10, he's got a ceiling much higher than a lot of these other people we've been talking about. Beautiful. Nate, why don't you tell us the best players to stream ranked by the legend, Nate Krutniblik. All right, we'll rip through these pretty quick. We've obviously talked about these players already, but uh, my top player for the week is going to be Jake Neighbors, and number two is going to be Sam Bennett, number three, Braden Shen, number four, Evan Rodriguez, number five, Tori Krug, number six, I'm going to go with Oliver Bjorkstrand, and then number seven, Chandler Stevenson, number eight, Patrick Laine, nine, Alexis Lafreniere, and ten, Kirill Marchenko. So... Basically, what the way that I see this right now, I would say Neighbors, Bennett, and Shen are probably a top tier here. Um, 
top three. They're all you're all you're gonna get three those three off nights from all three of these players. So I'm assuming you're probably gonna get the same amount of games played from all three of these players. Um, yeah, I think Neighbors is on fire right now, and I don't see why I'd go away from that as the top stream option for the week. So Neighbors, then Bennett, then Shen. And then kind of tear down from there, go to Evan Rodriguez and Tori Krug. Tear down once again, and you get into Bjorkstrand and Stevenson and Line and Lafreniere and Marchenko. Stevenson with the three games still gets a look from me, um, even though he's not been producing very well recently. But uh, we've seen him do it in the past, and I think there's still a pretty solid chance that he uh, gets moved around that lineup and gets back into a good spot. So that's the way that I would cook it up. Uh, I think the rest of these guys like Bjorkstrand, I would have higher, but I think you're probably only going to get a couple games out of them for next week. Um, same with Line A, Lafreniere, and Marchenko. Um, I just feel like Line A at some point is going to get more ice time. Um, I just can't imagine that they're just going to hold this over him forever. He's this is a player that's going to outlast that coach. Uh, I don't think anybody yep. wants to have him on their team probably at this point. His trade value is at an all-time low. Um, Kekalainen has got to go before line has got to go. So I think there's like multiple hurdles that are going to have to happen. And so I think at some point line is going to get more deployment once again. And I think that'll be a boon. And hopefully it's this week. Yep. Love it. I No notes. All right, let's keep rolling then. We'll talk about the hitters and blockers for hits. I've got Sammy Blay, Paul Cotter, Keegan Colasar, William Carrier, Nico Mikola. You're going to get three off nights from each one of these players. Sammy Blay just absolutely pumping hits right now. So definitely a top option there. For blocks, Braden McNabb, if he's out there in your league, he's an absolute king of block shots this year learning from the best in alec martinez uh but yeah absolute king there then ryan graves colton Pareko, nico Mikola, tori krug actually showing up here with some pretty good block shot numbers the last little bit so he makes the list as well just one more reason to roster tori krug any thoughts for the hits and blockers here blake no i'm good man i uh yeah i love these guys sammy blaze i wish he was getting more minutes though he played like six minutes and 38 seconds last game that's that's not uh that's not too good yeah, he's been up and down the lineup. Like he's made yeah, his way yeah. up the top and then all the way back down. It's kind of hard to say what is. Uh, he hasn't come out of the lineup, I don't think. Uh, I should probably fact check myself there before I do say that uh, with my full chest. But yeah, he's been <laughs> in the lineup the last five games. And every time he's in the lineup, like he has a seven hit game here. Yeah. He's got six Paper. hit, five hit games. Like he's, if he's in the lineup, he's going to give you hits. So definitely worth checking out there. So let's move on then and talk about the best players to add for the future. I still got Nick Schmaltz at the top of this list. I really can't get away from it. Um, it. Then Quinton Byfield. I've got Owen Tippett getting back into this list. Um, it's just meant the guy continues to shoot. I know that torts is going to torts and it's going to move around, but when he's getting perfect deployment, Tippett's going to pop. And when he's not getting perfect deployment, I think he's honestly good enough to stay in your lineup. So uh, Tippett's going to make the lineup, the list here now for me. And then I've got Josh Norris and Alexis Lafreniere rounding out this list. Uh, had some people knock off from last week. I think Norris, he had seven shots in the game here tonight. Um, so I think that Norris maybe is finally starting to get on track, hopefully. And, uh, yeah, I think Norris has shown in the past that he's definitely a player worth rostering and holding. So hopefully he's getting back to that. Lafreniere, as I mentioned, has some really nice underlying stats just the last little bit. So I'm willing to play with that and see how far it goes. 
Sub 20% roster, Sam Bennett still at 19%. That's going to change this week. Uh, so it's last call probably for Sam Bennett. If you want to roster him, I think you should. Top power play, playing with Matt to Chuck. To Chuck's about to pop off. All the things you said earlier, Blake. I think maybe they all come true this week and we get a sweet week from Sam Bennett. Sub 10% rostered. I've got Marco Rossi here. Honestly, it's not it's not looking good for the sub 10% crowd. I had Kirill Marchenko here for a long time. He got bumped up to 25% this week with the Columbus schedule. So now I'm digging a little deeper and I'm going to Marco Rossi. Um, yeah, I think this guy is really just kind of feeling out what he can be in the league still and maybe that results in a good week this week and a bad week next week maybe the bad week is <laughs> this week and the good week comes the week after yeah. uh, very well could be but i do believe in the long-term um, evolution of this player that he's going to be a good player in the league so i'll throw him in here there uh your thoughts blake any of these long-term plays who sticks out to you anybody i missed yeah, I like them all. I'm, I, I like that you threw Owen Tippett in there and, and your explanation on that. I think he does enough to, to warrant being rostered. But yeah, it's like, it's like a stash, right? Like if he starts getting that deployment, then bang, we're looking at like a 60-point player maybe. Um, but for me, like I'm just looking at the list here. Uh, I like Jonathan Huberto still. And he's 48% rostered. And I like Troy Terry, who's 42% rostered. So I'd, I'd probably take rostered. That's what I said, rostered. Yeah, that's what I was he, He's rostered, man. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's... Uh, it's terrible. Um, but yeah, I would take Troy Terry or uh, I'd, I'd take uh, Alexis Lafreniere out of there and probably throw Terry or Huberto in there. Uh, maybe even over Norris. I don't know. I think Huberto is going to, I think he's going to pick it up. He can't, he, he's putting some points on the board. He's getting some minutes. Um, I think the ship is kind of turning around. Calgary's been playing better um, and he's got to be a part of it, right? He's making big money over there. So they got to do it. So I don't know. Um, obviously the metrics are terrible, but come on. He can't be as bad as last year, can he? Uh, yeah, I, hopefully he can't be, I, nothing's going to surprise me at this point with Huberto and with the flames. But, uh, speaking of the flames, Noah Hannafin does top nice. my list right now for the long-term segue. plays. Uh, yeah. Elite segue per 60 yeah, on this podcast right here. But, uh, Hannafin had a monster game, uh, the other night, I think it was 14 shot attempts. Uh, if I remember correctly, just, yeah, just huge game. He does this from time to time. They've been playing around with the power play units there as well, taking Rasmus Anderson off the top power play, and Noah Hanfin was there. Um, I don't know how long that's going to last for, but as long as he's there, I'm definitely interested in Noah Hanfin. And even when he's not on the top power play, he has been rosterable as like a fourth, fifth defenseman. So yeah, I'm really excited about Hanifin as long as he's on top power play in Calgary. And then I'm still thinking that you can probably hang on to him even if he's not there for the rest of the season. Uh, second player here, Tori Krug, who I've talked a lot about before, so I won't rehash any of that. Pavel Minchikov still on the list. Owen Power still on the list. I was telling Blake earlier, I forget who tweeted it, um, but somebody tweeted out that Owen Power is like sixth or seventh amongst all defensemen in 5v5 points this season. Uh, I do think Power is a pretty pretty good defenseman overall, but obviously blocked by Rasmus Sandin, and he's not as much of a shooter, so he does have some limited uh, upside outside of really points only leagues but still worth noting here and then i am still holding out a candle for bowen byram i probably could have dropped him from this list but uh yeah i just I can't believe it. what's going on it's kind of like the it's kind of like the troy terry of yep. the defenseman yep. here is bowen byram but yeah still holding on for one more week maybe this will be the week for bowen byram where he finally does something 
Sub 20% roster, Jared Spurgeon, who he talked about. Top power play in Minnesota definitely should be higher rostered than 14%. Sub 10% rostered is going to be Cam York, who we also talked about a little bit earlier. Top power play currently in Philadelphia. Not sure how long that lasts, but willing to take that shot for now. Um, because, yeah, we've seen it with Sandheim. That role it can be pretty valuable. And Cam York, actually, I should mention as well, like getting plenty of deployment outside of the power play as well. Like, it's not like he's not on the ice. It's an, definitely no Kalen Addison situation. He's playing on the top pair along with Travis Sanheim. So, uh, yeah, love to see that for Cam York. Your thoughts on the, the defenseman here, Blake? Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, yeah, Byram. It's like sometimes you just got to go down with the ship. Hey, like <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with it too because I like Byram a lot too. I hate what's going on. I've got him in a couple spots and I'm just hanging on. But um, I like Keandre Miller as well. I, you know, he's not getting any power play time. So that is really going to cap his offense there. But he does a lot of other things. He's good, even strength defenseman and um yeah especially for this week like i don't know if you want to roster him but yeah i might throw him in there over bow and byram but i don't know probably not actually but he's out there all right let's roll over to the goalies close this one out connor ingram at 45 percent is going to be the top goalie elvis miller's leakins 38 percent and i threw an alex line here at 25 percent just to give oh, yeah. a hat tip to what he's been able to do the last little bit i don't know if he's going to stick around but like i mean would would anyone be shocked really if alex lyon uh, outplayed Billy huso for the rest of the season like when Billy huso outplayed jordan bennington for the rest of the season nobody saw that coming would it yep. be so shocking if that happened here i'm not expecting it but i'm at least saying it's a possibility here so shout out to alex lyon for what he's been able to do i'm pretty interested in both connor ingram and elvis merce leakins uh, both these guys really showing out right now. I think Mercer Leakins is playing absolutely fantastic hockey right now, to be honest with you. And the only reason that I'm not having Mercer Leakins over Ingram right now is Ingram's been like actually on fire and actually getting the majority of work in Arizona now. Um, so yeah, Merzlikens still going to be held down a little bit by Columbus, in my opinion. Columbus has just been so bad defensively. Arizona's been slightly better. Um, so yeah. Honestly, you could flip a coin uh, with these two at this point. Maybe if you want assured volume, you might want to go with Merzlikens because there's nobody really coming for their, his starting role. Um, and obviously, Vich Melka has produced at points for the Coyotes. Definitely not this year, but has in the past. So I could see it either way. Uh, Ingram and Merzlikens, though, both very good zero-G options. At this point, sub 25% roster, Charlie Langren. I uh, was a little bit surprised that he was down at this level here, uh, down at 24% rostered, but definitely I think uh, he's basically in a full-on timeshare with uh, Darcy Kemper at this point, and he's been playing terrific outside of one game against Edmonton where he got five goals against on 30 shots, uh, 35 shots, I should say. So yeah, I think uh, Charlie Langren definitely going to be worth rostering moving forward. All right, Blake, goalies, any thoughts? Do you love them, hate them? I love them all, actually. Yeah, this is zero G right here. Like all these guys I'd be interested in. Um, and one guy I want to throw in there as well, Akira Schmid. All right, this guy just got a back-to-back -back straight up over Vitek Vanacek. They had a back-to-back -back and they played Schmid both times. Granted, he was terrible in the second game, but he was good. <laughs> he was really good in the first game. So, I mean, this is a young goaltender who's, you know, yeah, he, he puts together a couple good games, then he puts together some stinkers. So, 
but New Jersey's a good team. They're a good offensive team anyway. Um, the environment for him might not be great, but yeah, I think there might the tides might be turning there a little bit in New Jersey. So it's just a goal you got to keep your eye on, right? Why would they play him a back-to-back? -back? doesn't make any sense. So unless they're going to kind of roll with him a little bit. Yeah, definitely worth keeping an eye on there. All right, we've got to move on to the head-to-head -head streamer, Deathmatch. Deathmatch. And... Basically, uh, this this week so far is definitely up in the air still. So I got Marchenko. He's got eight and a half cacuffle points in three games, so one left. And Blake has Jake DeBrusque, who has six and a half cacuffle points, but only two games played. So he's got a couple games left there. Um, yeah, we'll see how that goes, and we will recap it for you on Sunday night. But for this week, Blake, uh, I am told by the powers that be, uh, I don't know why I'm saying that. That's me. Uh, but I'm told that you have the first priority for drafting a player for this week. So why don't you go ahead and tell us who your streamer is going to be? Powers that be. That's a low-key brag right there, uh, <laughs> Nate, and that's fine. Um, yeah, I, you know what? I'm I'm going to let you have your boy. I'm going to take Sam Bennett Dyson. I got to roll oh, with my yeah. boy because... I, I really believe in Matt Kachuk. I think it, it's got to happen this week. And I really think that Sam Bennett is going to be the beneficiary of that regardless. And he's top power play there on a great power play. It's not St. Louis power play. So that's why I'm taking him over neighbors. But I mean, neighbors is a fine pick too, if that's who you choose to go with. Yeah, we'll go with neighbors. I'll stick to my ranks. Uh, obviously got the four games this week and we will see how that goes. All right. I think we made it, Blake. That was a bit of a beefer, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of options this week, which is kind of a refreshing change from how terrible the streaming schedule has been for most of this season so far. But if you have made it this far, you should definitely check out the Apples and Geos Discord server. Pop in there. Come talk to us. 900 plus, closing in on a thousand different fantasy hockey managers in there talking about fantasy hockey all day, every day. You should also check out the Apples and Geos Patreon if you need some help with your teams uh, for a low monthly subscription fee. You can get me to answer any questions you may have about your teams and about what you should be doing. And if you're here and you feel so inclined, we'd love for you to throw a like and subscribe on the video. If you're listening, give us a quick rating, review on the podcast. All of that really helps. As we mentioned, it's been great to see the Spotify rap stuff come through and just be reminded of how great all of our listeners truly are. So we do appreciate you. And that's one way you can show that appreciation. Well, that's all we've got for this episode. Hopefully it brought you some value and helped you get a little bit better at fantasy hockey today. All the advanced stats you heard today came from Natural Statric, which I'm told is a terrific free resource. Many that's thanks true. to the band there, there for supplying the music for the podcast. Be sure to check out their Spotify as well. That's it, folks. Much love.